Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Thursday, October 12th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Gina Leahy, a real estate and finance attorney from Philadelphia. In today's episode, we have a ban on high-capacity gun magazines mostly staying alive in California, Blum drops affirmative action case against Perkins Coy, and Pfizer agrees to pay a $50 million settlement in an antitrust case. Let's hope Jerry was not pranking us when he teased the Seinfeld reunion and read today's legal news. On this day in legal history, October 12, 1977, the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments in the landmark case of Alan Backey, which centered around the contentious issue of reverse discrimination. Backey, a white student, had been denied admission to the University of California Davis Medical School, with the school reserving a specific number of seats for minority applicants. Backey argued that this affirmative action policy amounted to racial discrimination against him. The case was seen as a significant challenge to affirmative action programs aimed at redressing past racial injustices. During the oral arguments, the justices grappled with the complex question of whether race-based admissions policies violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. The case ultimately led to a divided decision. In 1978, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Bakke, stating that while affirmative action was permissible, the use of racial quotas in admissions was unconstitutional. This decision had far-reaching implications for affirmative action policies in higher education and set a precedent for future legal battles on the issue. A divided en banc U.S. appeals court has granted California's emergency stay of a lower court ruling that barred the state from enforcing its law limiting the capacity of gun magazines to 10 bullets or less. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit voted 7-4, to allowing most of the trial judge's order to be stayed, with the exception of magazines lawfully acquired and possessed before the judge's order granting a permanent injunction. The court stated that Attorney General Rob Bonta was likely to succeed on the merits, citing the 2021 U.S. Supreme Court decision in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin, which limited the restrictions states can place on where gun owners can take their firearms. The majority opinion noted that since the Bruin decision, 10 other federal district courts have considered Second Amendment challenges to large capacity magazine restrictions and only one court, the Southern District of Illinois, granted a preliminary injunction. The majority found that California demonstrated that it would face significant harm if the stay was denied, as it could lead to an influx of large-capacity magazines posing potential threats to public safety. The ruling stated that other interested parties would not be substantially harmed by the stay, and it does not impede on the public's ability to purchase and possess various firearms and magazines containing 10 rounds or fewer. This recent decision, while not deciding the case's merits, has temporarily stayed the injunction, allowing California to enforce its large-capacity magazine limit while the case proceeds. Anti-affirmative action activist Edward Blum's American Alliance for Equal Rights has dropped a lawsuit against Perkins Coy, a U.S. law firm, over its diversity fellowship program. The decision came after Perkins Coy revised its application criteria, allowing all law students to apply, not just those from historically underrepresented groups. 
Blum's group had initially sued two firms in August, alleging that their diversity fellowship programs unlawfully excluded individuals, including white students, based on their race. The move to open up these programs to all students preempted further legal action, though Blum highlighted the existence of similar racially discriminatory programs at other law firms, encouraging them to do the same. Last year, major U.S. law firms had just 11.4% partners from people of color, according to the National Association for Law Placement. Pfizer has agreed to a $50 million settlement to resolve claims by drug wholesalers that they overpaid for EpiPen allergy treatment devices due to alleged anti-competitive practices by the drug maker. The wholesalers argued that Pfizer, which manufactured the EpiPen for Mylan, engaged in anti-competitive behavior that allowed them to maintain a monopoly over the market for EpiPens, leading to inflated prices. This class action settlement filed in Kansas City, Kansas federal court must still be approved by the judge. The legal action against Pfizer and Mylan followed public outrage in 2016 when Mylan raised the price of the EpiPens from $100 to $600. The lawsuits claimed that the companies engaged in anti-competitive practices to stifle competition and maintain high profits, including paying Teva Pharmaceutical Industries to delay the launch of a generic version of the EpiPen. In 2021, U.S. District Court Judge Daniel Crabtree dismissed the claims against Pfizer on the grounds that it was Mylan, not Pfizer, that directly sold the EpiPen. In 2021 and 2022, groups of consumers reached settlements of $345 million and $264 million with Pfizer and Mylan, respectively, over the related claims. Thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all of the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Gina and my co-host Andrew is at Andrew. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and do not represent those of any organization we may be affiliated with. Nothing here should be construed as legal advice because it isn't. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcast. If you haven't checked out our website in a while, give it a look. There are complete transcripts and resources for each episode and its corresponding segments, as well as an opportunity to receive new episodes in email newsletter format. All of the links to stories we cover will also be available on links.esq.social, which is our link aggregator in the Fediverse. We'll see you back here on Friday. And until then, remember, yada, yada, yada.